0: Gentlemen, I'm your host, Bobby Ivanovich, and welcome to the Roots and Willow podcast, grounded in faith, family, and fatherhood, providing you with the biblical tools and resources to be the man that God created you to be, and this is episode one. We're living in a remarkable time right now, and I've never seen the entire world so gripped by fear and uncertainty. Everyone is weighing in on what this whole scenario means, why it's happening, and how long it's going to last, and I certainly don't know all the answers. But there are some things that I know for sure. As children of God, we have access to a peace that surpasses understanding. That is, it's not natural or carnal, it's supernatural. Surpassing what the mind and intellect can comprehend. It's important because what we need right now is not more information. We're being bombarded with news everywhere we turn. What we need is something that goes straight to the core of our being and fortifies us from within. And that's what the Word of God does. We also need to realize that as men, we have a choice in all this on how we respond or react. We can either react in chaos, anger, fear, or respond in courage, faith, and with God's word, acting as a heavenly vaccine against our fears, anxiety, and worry. These were true way before COVID-19 came along and they're gonna be true after it's gone. But in moments like these, we need to remind ourselves of these truths more than ever before. Some men begin to waver in times like these. Some question God, his word, his love, and his faithfulness. But this is the time that we need to cling to God as we never have before. If you're out there and you're drowning in fear, depression, anxiety, or the unknown, it's the worst time to let go of a lifeline right now. If you're struggling, grab a hold of God's word And it's truth with all your might. It's your lifeline. And I encourage you to reach out to friends, other men, family. You're not alone. Jesus says in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Lord made a clear contrast between his mission and the devil's mission. Satan's plans for us are the complete opposite to what God's plans for us are. And it's paramount we believe this foundational truth. Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. We see the declaration of his love for mankind all over the scriptures, both in his word and in his actions, and most profoundly when he laid down his life for us on the cross. Jesus loves us. He's for us and he gave us his word as a solid rock to stand on. For when the thief comes to attack, we stand in unwavering trust in God's faithful promises. Often, what makes men prone to an attack of the enemy is the onset of doubt and unbelief in the goodness of God and the truth of his word. And I get it. I've been there myself. Immunity, on the other hand, is the lack of susceptibility, especially to something unwelcome or harmful. The enemy knows he has no legal right to steal, kill, or destroy you unless he can persuade you to hand over to him your God-given power and authority as the Son of God. The devil plots and schemes to deceive the masses by planting false accusations, twisting the truth, and most often by employing fear tactics. He uses fear because it tends to work so well on the wavering. Ultimately, those who succumb to unbelief help him accomplish his mission. Once Satan has convinced a person to misplace their trust in the Lord, then they become susceptible to the contagions of fear, doubt, and unbelief. The way to become immune to these attacks from the enemy is to hold fast an unwavering truth in Jesus and to his word. At the end of the day, if a person is exposed to a pathogen and they survive, their bodies learn how to fight that contagion and they become immune from it, so on. This is when we get the old cliché tossed at us many times. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I believe it's a very similar situation to our spirits. As we go through life overcoming trials and difficulties, emerging victorious, walking hand in hand with Jesus, we become stronger, we become refined, spiritually tougher and more resilient in faith. This is why a season like the one we're in right now is so important. It's serving as a training ground for more significant battles to come in the future. Jeremiah asked, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in a safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Do you ever notice that sometimes it seems if you're on a spiritual high, you're tangibly feeling the presence of God, receiving fresh revelation, the anointing is flowing like oil, and you're clearly hearing the Lord speak to your spirit? There's other times. It seems as though the heavens are brass, the oils run dry, and if the anointing is there, you certainly can't tell. You didn't get a single goosebump during praise or worship, not one teardrop, not one hair raised. During those moments when there's thrills of his glory have lifted and you find yourself in a spiritual valley, you may be tempted to question what you encountered when you were on the mountaintop. You may even be tempted by the devil, to fear that what you experienced previously wasn't real. You see, if the base of our faith and our feelings, then our faith will fluctuate whenever they do. again, If we base our faith in our feelings, then our faith will fluctuate whenever they do. When Satan came to tempt Jesus in the desert, Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. The word if was so subtle and so small, yet such a huge stumbling block to many, because in that one little word, one's entire belief system can be shaken. This is why we must, must follow the Lord's example and refuse to rely on our feelings or current experiences, especially when facing the temptation of doubt. Jesus responded, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4.4 Every time Jesus responded to the devil, he said, It is written. Jesus stood on the word of God, and we must do the same. It is written. It's our sure foundation. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are or what the what-ifs are, or how we're feeling in any given moment, the Word of God must have the final say in every season of our lives. Scripture makes it inevitably clear that the spirit of fear is not from God. When danger threatens us, fear tries to latch onto us. Even our body chemistry changes when we sense impending disaster, when our circumstances are doom and gloom, or when the pain becomes overwhelming and our natural response is to be alarmed and fearful. So what does a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind do in the face of fear and all of current life situation right now? It removes fear's death grip that tries to paralyze us. Fear can come, but it cannot stay and bind those who belong to the Lord because we have overcomers. We are overcomers. We have overcomers, and we are overcomers. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It's from John one five four. Jesus specializes in troubleshooting every type of problem known to mankind. He is our Lord and Savior, our provider, our healer, our shepherd, our advocate, and our great defender. I could go on and on, and there's no problem too high for him to solve, and I've experienced this many times in my life. You're never going to come in with him with an urgent prayer request and hear him say, Oh no, that's terrible news. What should I do? There's literally no issue that God cannot solve. Oftentimes if we are allowing fear to creep in through our life, it's because we have not been meditating on the Word of God. Jesus can do anything, for nothing will be impossible without God. I cannot emphasize this enough, closing out. The Word of God is the most valuable tool we have as men. The only answer for the whole world is found in the Bible. Many people, many men, remain in a continual state of fear. For some, it would seem that disaster and destruction are lurking around every corner, and yet the entire Bible is all about God's plan for mercy, for redemption, and restoration of mankind. For those who belong to Christ, there's nothing to fear. There's only good news. The antidote to fear is faith. You know, the Bible was written for people with no actual faith, Meaning, we all begin with a minus in terms of faith. If we have no faith, reading the Bible will produce it. If we have some faith, reading the Bible will produce more. We do not first acquire the faith that we bring to Scripture. Scripture produces, encourages, and grows our faith. Romans 10.17 says, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in God's word and reveal the truth to you, As you read through your Bible Then hone in on the verses that catch your attention Many times the scriptures that seem to pop out to us Are the ones he wants us to meditate on And as we meditate on his word Faith begins to arise in our hearts Fear and unbelief are not intellectual responses But emotional responses of the heart from a lack of faith in God Meaning the root of unbelief isn't in the mind but in the heart Unfortunately, faith has become a religious generalization. Authentic faith is accepting the credibility of God. He who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10.23 Faith means we leave things up to Jesus, step out and trust Him, and obey Him in His word. Trust in the Lord is a foundational, biblical principle and that should be followed by the attitude, Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. Jesus expects us to trust Him With this kind of attitude and response How do we know this? Well he made the most striking statement in the book of Luke They will put some of you to death And you will be hated by all for my name's sake But not a hair of your head shall be lost And that's from Luke 21 16-18 God expects us to entrust him no matter what the outcome Faith is not merely showing approval for scripture Or being an expert on the doctrine We can be biblically correct, but void of any real trust in God. Faith is childlike trust in Jesus and a full surrender of our lives to Him. For example, putting qualifiers on prayers like, I'll believe in you, God, if you answer this prayer, shows extremely gross ignorance of the whole understanding of what faith is. You see, God does not always do what we think He should do. In fact, this is why we have to trust Him. If He always answered every prayer, in the way and timing we wanted, faith would not be necessary. Also, we must remember that God is God, and we're not. If we demand to know why God does or does not do something as a condition for our trust, then we do not have true faith. God accepts no terms for our trust in Him. He is the creator of the universe. He does not conform to the pattern or small thinking in order to convince us to believe. If we do not believe, it is always our loss, not His. May we never, ever doubt in God or in His goodness towards us. Thank you for joining today. I encourage you to help out. It's an important time in history right now to step up as men, to be leaders, to be disciples, to lead others towards God, to care for those To live in faith and not in fear. To be courageous. And to live in strength. And in all of God's glory. Thank you.